Good morning, everyone watching live here on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. On today's hot sheet, I will discuss property tax increases, builder cancellations, multifamily foreclosures, and spring buyer competition. Today is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. I've mentioned it certainly on the real word, and I think I've mentioned it here on the hot sheet that one of um, the factors this year in 2023 that it could actually create more inventory is our little friend taxes. Property taxes are up. Uh, it's another affordability hurdle for sure in the short term, but could create more inventory that allows buyers to have more options, which could in turn in the long term before the end of the year, bring values down enough to make the pay, uh, to make the trade-off even out. Property taxes are up across the US. This is a now on nowbam.com, BAM article uh, posted by Sarah Lentz, a new Adam report on 2022 property taxes for 87 million US single family Home shows a 3.6 annual increase in property taxes. That increase was more than twice the 1.6% growth seen in 2021, but less than the 5.4% increase in 2020. Uh, here's my belief that to the 2023 increases as they roll out throughout the year are, are just going to overshadow any of these increases just mentioned. That's just a prediction of mine. It's not in the article. Uh, I'm I'm just forecasting as we have 40% property values uh, increases across most of America, uh, where these where these taxes are going to go. They're going to go nowhere but up. It's a never-ending cycle of property taxes continuing to increase. Unfortunately, there are some states like the one I'm sitting in right now, Florida, where once you homestead, you know how much your taxes are going to go up. And then there's other states like a Connecticut where I own property where you have no idea how much they're going to go up. Uh, and, and it's all based off of mill rates and assessments, and it can it can go up and jump up in a big way all in one year. Average property tax on single-family homes rose 3% in 2022 after rising 1.8% in 2021 with an effective tax rate nationwide of 0.83%, down from 0.86% in 2021 to its lowest rate since at least 2016. So that's the effective tax rate different from the average. Obviously, we just went over the averages and they went up. Um, across the board. The new Adam report shows property taxes are up that 3.6% across the U.S., rising from $328 billion in 2021 to $339.8 billion in 2022. That increase was more than twice the 1.6% growth in property tax revenue for 2021, though still less than that 5.4% in 2020. Okay. What are the states with the highest effective property tax rate? Now, remember, I just mentioned that the effective property, the effective tax rate nationwide is 0.83%. So as we go through these, these 10 states with the highest effective property tax rate, you can see how much more they are than the national average. Okay. It might be jarring for some states with the highest effective property tax rate in 2022 
Jersey comes in number one at 1.79% effective tax rate. Illinois, 1.78. Connecticut, I just mentioned Connecticut, 1.57%. This is if you follow the Real Word podcast, which we're, we'll have a new episode today at two o'clock, you, you might have followed along the story of me selling a property in Connecticut in a high mill rate. They, they go by a mill rate in Connecticut in a high mill rate town just to go buy another one in the lowest mill rate town uh, because of this, because, because of what you see here. I don't have kids in the school system and paying the uh, third highest effective property tax rate for a you know vacation and investment property uh, certainly didn't align with, uh, with the economy that we're in right now. And, and this is what, as I forecast out into the future, I think more owners of property are going to make decisions like the one that I did last year in quarter four. Okay. I, I'm seeing it out ahead of time as this data catches up with, you know, the regular small time investor, like the small time investor that we talked about on yesterday's hot sheet. I, I believe more people will make decisions to get their property onto the market in particular, you know, these 10 states or the upper half of the effective property tax states. Vermont comes in at number four, followed by Nebraska, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Ohio, New York at 1.26%. And then finishing out the top 10 is Iowa. Okay. So those are the top 10 states with the highest effective property tax rate. Now that's not the average. We're going to get into the average here in just a second, that's the highest effective uh, tax rate. Let's look at the, the states with the lowest effective property tax rate for 2022. Hawaii comes in at number one with a 0.3% effective tax rate. Of course, the taxes on everything else are extreme in Hawaii. Alabama, 0.37%. Arizona, number three. Colorado and Tennessee round up the top five followed by Utah, Nevada, Idaho, South Carolina, and West Virginia for the top 10. West Virginia at 10th is a 0.47, almost half of what the national effective property tax rate came in at. Remember, uh, the national effective property tax rate is 0.83%. Okay. Um, So the effective uh, tax rate nationwide, it's based on the latest average property tax, and it's down to this 0.83% dropping again to the lowest rate since 2016. I'd imagine that that number, the effective property tax rate, will go up uh, this year as more of these states increase property taxes with new assessments that reflect the last couple years increases, okay? Um, Effective property tax rates continue to decline in 22, even as the total taxes increased because home values rose faster uh, than taxes nationwide. These taxes, I promise you, where the values rose faster than the taxes, I promise you these taxes will be a lagging move and they will catch up. The estimated market value of average single family home climbed 7.9% year over year in 2022, despite the um, meteoric rise in mortgage rates and the consequent dampening in buyer demand. Uh, that increase in home values exceeded the average property tax increase, resulting in a marginal clip in effective tax rates. Um, we have a surprise there of Colorado, surprise Colorado's in the bottom 10 and not top for a pre- uh, effective property tax rate. Surpri- Emily surprised that California 
isn't on there. Okay. Let's look at the, uh, the highest states for average property taxes. So this is different than the, uh, and you'll be surprised again, because California is not in here. Uh, the Northeast had seven of the 10 states with the highest average property taxes in 2022. Uh, so again, this is the average, not the effective that we were looking at prior. Okay. So the Northeast had seven of the 10 highest average property taxes. Jersey, again, on the top of this list at $9,527, more than 10 times the average property tax in West Virginia. Okay. Connecticut's number two, Massachusetts, number three, New Hampshire, number four, and New York, number five. Those are the highest uh, top five, all in the Northeast for highest average property taxes. Uh, the 10 states with the lowest property tax average would be West Virginia, $928. That was my, um, but that was actually, yeah, that was about my monthly monthly payment on my Connecticut taxes of my uh, two bedroom that I sold last year. So crazy, $920 for the average in West Virginia. Alabama, just over $1,000. Arkansas, Louisiana, and Mississippi round out the top five for the lowest average property tax across the country. Okay. Um, the Northeast and Midwest metros have the highest effective tax rates and the top five metros with the highest effective tax rates were Rochester, New York, Trenton, New Jersey, Rockford, Illinois, uh, Peoria, Illinois, and Atlantic city, New Jersey. Wow. Imagine paying a, a high effective tax rate in Atlantic city and, um, and then getting to live in that dump. I, <laughs> I'm sorry if you're from Atlantic City, but it is what it is. Okay, Atlantic City looks like it hasn't seen uh, a you know a, a car wash on on that city, and we'll we'll use car wash, uh, a building wash, a city wash in years. Aside from Rochester, the top five metros with populations of at least one million, with the highest effective uh, tax rate include. Oh, sorry. Hartford, Connecticut coming in at number one at 1.85%. Our uh, lead, uh, our, our BAM senior editor, she might be in the background of, the, of this production. Vanessa is looking in the Hartford region right there. So there you go, Ness. She's been looking for three years and uh, home prices have continued to be unaffordable. She's looking in Hartford County. There you go. Way to go. 1.85% uh, leading the nation for metros with populations of at least 1 million, or that would definitely be Hartford County because Hartford, Connecticut doesn't have a million plus Chicago at 1.75% Cleveland, the land at 1.57% in New York, New York, 1.39%. Um, and there you go. So uh, we've got this down below daily download link where you can get all of our sources and the charts. I've got a bunch of charts here. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of other information in this piece. So definitely go grab it or go over to nowbam.com to check that out. What is checking out for the market right now is some good news in buyer cancellations. The buyer can home builder cancellation rate is now approaching a normal level. This is according to John Burns research and consulting. This chart will be available for you down below. Burns Home Builder Survey, national average cancellation rate uh, just released for March 
all responses are year over year weighted averages. And you can see here on the bottom right that March 2023 came in at 9.3% off of the peak in November, which was 24.5%. So we've had a sharp decline since the sharp increase of interest rates went up, uh, creating more home builder cancellations than we've seen in recent memory. Uh, as you can see from really May of 2022, June, where it went to 16% uh, and didn't start dropping until uh, December of this year. And now we've come off of December's number at 18.9%. We're down to 9.3%. If you look at March of 2021 and 2022, we were in the 7%. Uh, we know that those were, were C19 infused crazed markets. And if we look at March 2020, when C19 came out, it was 13.1%, 18.6% in April of 2020. And if we look at a more normal March, that'd be March of 2019 at 10.5%. And we are now below that number. Certainly, builder rate buy-downs and the flexibility that builders have to create offerings for buyers has helped. And also the lack of inventory on the resale market has helped these builders. So uh, a little bit of information there on builder cancellations that was just released yesterday that I thought uh, was important to share and shows a more uh, stable spring market in terms of demand from buyers uh, as we move into quarter two here, okay? Uh, as we continue to move through this market, we, we continue to see signs of a commercial sector that is on shaky ground. In the Wall Street Journal this morning, Houston apartment owner loses 3,200 units to foreclosure as multifamily feels the heat. Multifamily, in my opinion, would be one of the best asset classes in commercial real estate. We've spent some time talking about office buildings and retail being very vulnerable, and I've got some charts on that. Uh, but as, in, as these rates continue to increase, multifamily investors who thought they were going to have low rates forever might start to feel some pain. And I, I listen, I think these banks are going to be quick to move on this asset class and foreclose because they know they have another buyer on multifamily waiting in the wings. Would they be as quick to move on a retail foreclosure or on an office building foreclosure if they know that they, the bank needs to hold that asset? I'm not so sure that they would. An apartment building investor lost four Houston complexes to foreclosure last week. The latest sign that surging interest rates are beginning to upend the multi-trillion dollar rental housing market. I've been saying it here on the hot sheet. There, there's going to be an influx of inventory that hits the market in the second half of 2023 for apartments because of the building uh, and the craze in the multifamily investment sector for the last couple of years. You'll see this inventory now hit the market. It will. And we talked about this on yesterday's hot sheet a little bit, and I'm going to recap it at the end because I think it's that important. You know, we will continue to see a softening of rent increases because of the market conditions, as well as this inventory that's going to hit the market. And as you see rents decline and interest rates are not declining as fast or continuing to be elevated for, for these investors, some of them will get into some trouble. Apple's Way Investment Group borrowed nearly 230 
million to buy the buildings with more than 3,200 units as part of a Texas buying spree during the pandemic. Texas was just a bidding war uh, grounds for these multifamily investors. Arbor Realty Trust, a public traded mortgage company, foreclosed on the properties after Apple's Way defaulted on the loans, according to public documents filed in Harris County, Texas. New York-based investment firm Fundamental Partners bought the Houston properties public records show for an undisclosed amount. Certainly, they, they got themselves a deal. Turmoil in the commercial property markets is starting to spread beyond urban offices and aging shopping malls to rental apartments. I still think shopping malls and um, office spaces are going to be uh, you know, the biggest hit, but now we're seeing it even in apartments, which is a strong asset class to own. The multifamily sector has long been considered a relatively safe investment, especially when the home prices rose so much during the pandemic and forced many home shoppers to keep renting. Landlords have benefited from surging apartment rents and cheap debt in recent years, Okay, and which pushed uh, property values to record highs. Some of these values uh, are just now unsustainable as we, th as we see these uh, interest rates continue to grow. Real estate analytics firm Green Street estimates that apartment building values are down more than 20% from their peak. So well off single family uh, declines, okay? Uh, foreclosures such as, as this one uh, in Houston are rare, but they could become more common as loans come due and hedging contracts that protect landlords from rising interest rates start to expire. A record $151.8 billion in U.S. mortgages backed by rental apartment buildings are set to expire this year. Okay, that's not the office number that we gave out on a prior show. This is just multifamily. Okay, $151.8 in U.S. mortgages backed by rental apartment buildings are set to expire this year. And $940.1 billion are set to expire over the next five years. When these loans expire, the, uh, the investor, the multifamily investor goes out and refinances the loan. Well, if you're going to refinance in today's market, you're going to be at a significantly higher rate than you previously were. Now, sometimes, let's be honest here, sometimes these multifamily investors can get lower interest rates, but how much lower and are they going to be able to get a low enough rate to actually uh, meet their needs right now in this current market? Okay. With that being said, U.S. apartment lease uh, leasing traffic is starting to normalize. Okay, this is where uh, we talked. We talked about it yesterday with the uh, Barry Stern light, and I'm gonna I'm gonna recap that again here at the end, um, talking about rents are coming down across the country. U.S. apartment leasing traffic is normalizing, so uh, the, these multifamily investors don't have the benefit of quarter one, 2021, and quarter one 2022 where they had just absurd traffic you know spilling over from the highly competitive single family market you can see now here in quarter one of 2023 we are well below those levels from the prior two years we're actually closer to uh 2018 levels okay so u.s apartment leasing traffic is normalizing still significantly higher uh, than the majority of years in the last 10 years, uh, but nowhere near the highs of 
2021 or 2022. Okay, so I think as you continue to see a softening demand in apartments and more inventory, especially in areas like Houston, where the Wall Street Journal just covered that, uh, and these interest rates remaining high, uh, you you will see an impact on the multifamily markets. Uh, Jody, statewide, we saw an increase in home insurance as much as 46% for some homeowners. Uh, Jody, I'm not sure which state, uh, if, if you want to share which state you're referring to, that's a big, big issue in, in Florida, the state I'm, I'm in right now. Um, and insurance, HOAs, taxes, they're all going to have these, these um, implications on property values. So if I'm sitting there and I don't plan on moving, uh, and I'm at that 3% interest rate, like we know so many homeowners across America are, what's my biggest enemy right now? It's that. It's a rising insurance rate. It's a, an HOA that's going up because it's hard to get labor. It's hard to get support from these contractors on these HOA accounts. And it's also very difficult uh, to predict where the property taxes are going to go in many states, especially those in the Northeast. And that's my biggest enemy to my home value. And Jody's from Oklahoma where... Yeah, Oklahoma. I, um, you know, I, I believe I'm, I don't I don't spend a lot of time in Oklahoma, but I believe that's probably due to, to a lot of the uh, natural disasters that kind of flow flow through Oklahoma. I know that's the case in Florida. Okay, recapping yesterday, which if you missed yesterday's um, talk, actually, before we get that, I'll show you. Uh, before we get to recapping yesterday, which which you definitely should go check out yesterday's hot sheet. I want to show. Uh, how vulnerable here with some of this commercial real estate lending, some of these banks are. This was in Bloomberg today. Okay. Smaller banks pushed into commercial real estate lending. And you can see here that regional and local banks in 2022 took on a lot of this commercial real estate lending. Uh, I, I don't believe the regional local bank crisis is over. I think it's far from over. Uh, I think the bailouts that we just went through the last few weeks are pushing us closer to, uh, you know, a recession and certainly uh, have made the, the economic conditions very uncertain right now. And you can see there that regional local banks have a lot of risk wrapped up into commercial real estate lending. Now on the local level, a lot of that is retail. A lot of that is office. Okay. There's not a lot of that in these big multifamilies, which I think, despite the Wall Street Journal article, I think would be a safer bet than the latter. So you can see here that uh, regional and local banks are uh, absorbing the brunt of that pain here in 2022. And we referenced yesterday that uh, Silicon, uh, was it Silicon Valley or it was, uh, I think, Santa Ana in California, where uh, BlackRock uh, picked up a, a, a steep discount on uh, two office buildings. So you're going to, you're going to continue to see stories like that. Regional and local banks are big lenders to here it is retail and offices. Okay. So, um, the lenders are the biggest credit provider in each real estate category, uh, for office and for retail market share of lending in 2022 retail up over 40%. There's some, and this is where you get into a localized market. There's some markets, uh, like, like a Florida. Okay. Florida, Florida. I'm not that worried about retail over the next 10 years be, because you do have a population that likes, likes retail shopping. Um, 
down here. Okay. Now in 15 years with all the retail that's built up in Florida, uh, I think that's going to be a, a problem, but for the next 10 years, I don't, I don't see it as a, as a big issue. Uh, but in your market, let me know in your market, if, if you see, you know, we know that in high crime areas. Okay. We just saw that. I just saw a report today on, I think it was CNBC. Uh, where is this? Yeah, it might've been CNBC, but it's probably all over. Uh, that a Whole Foods in San Francisco San Francisco closed yesterday after being open for one year due to high crime. So some of these high crime areas, retail is in big trouble. I mean, uh, a Whole Foods that opens for one year, you know they probably signed a 20-year lease. You know, if they don't own that building, they, they certainly had to have signed a, a, a 10 or 20-year lease. I'd imagine a 20-year. And after one year of being open, because crime is so bad, they're closing the store. Wow. I mean, I think overall grocery stores are pretty safe. So retail space anchored by grocery is going to be pretty safe because, because let's face it, we're, we're always going to have to eat. But retail without grocery, I mean, to see Whole Foods just walk away is, is mind boggling. But retail without grocery specifically in high crime areas, you know, they're in trouble now. You know, it's not going to take 10 years of more online shopping uh, stats to roll out for for trouble to persist for those uh, for those markets. Let me know what retail space looks like in your market. Okay, so to recap yesterday and to play off of this uh, this buyer competition. Okay, so so if. uh, if you've got less competition on the apartments in the in the chart that we saw previously, uh, w- you know where are does that mean they're going to be, you know, going over and shopping for a house? We know that mortgage rate mortgage applications are down thirty five percent right now. So what does the buyer competition look like right now in the spring market? This is a chart I wanted to share yesterday and I failed to. John Burns Research and Consulting. This is playing off of the. Um, the Barry Sternlight uh, conversation that I'm going to recap here, Starwood Capital CEO, uh, and also just where the uh, just highlighting where the competition is is coming right now. Okay, so you can see here that I buyers are down 78 percent in home buying activity. Institutional investors are down 79 percent. Large investors are down four percent. Medium investors are down 19 percent. Second homes and small investors have slowed at 35 percent. And own your owner occupants have slowed 37%. So the buyer competition to me is still what we know it it has been the largest majority, which is millennials and baby boomers. And we covered that in our generational uh, study, I think either last week or the week before here on the show. And, and it showed us that baby boomers are the largest buyer demographic, followed by millennials. So it's going to be people that want a single family home. Uh, rest assured that in 2023, investors are not coming in and stealing all of the properties. These numbers are down in a really big way. And this chart here uh, that we shared yesterday, large corporate corporate buyer share of purchase market. Institutional investors own less than 3% of single family homes and, and iBuyers own less than 2%. And that number, as they continue to sell off, is certainly going to decline with the struggles that I buyers have had. Okay, so uh, let's let's take a look at this uh, Barry Sternlight 
recapping from yesterday, which you can go check out the hot sheet yesterday if you if you want the full story. Uh, year over year rent growth, and so we just talked about uh, how the rent activity is slowing. Year over year rent growth is declining. Actual rents in the blue is down from a ten percent peak down to below six uh, percent. Okay, according to Rent.com. Uh, and as well as I mentioned Redfin yesterday, these numbers are in fact validating what Barry Sternlight, Starwood uh, Capital Chairman, CEO, and worth over $4 billion himself, is sa said recently on uh, CNBC uh, morning show. Okay. Now, the CPI, which we're going to get CPI data tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be a big show because we'll have that data uh, in the morning here for the hot sheet. Uh, CPI doesn't reflect this year over year decline in rent growth. Uh, so as this information comes out of the CPI model, which is an outdated survey from 1981, uh, Barry Sternlight believes that you're going to see inflation drop significantly. Okay. He doesn't believe this is going to reflect until the late summer, early fall, which would mean that uh, the Fed should start cutting or stop increasing uh, rates. We're, we're going to see what happens tomorrow with the inflation and, and whether they're, you know, the expectation is that they're still going to increase here on the next meeting. But if they start to decrease rates, there's there's a large, you know, large segment of uh, economists that believe the 30-year fix will be lower at the end of the year. Uh, so there there should be a you know a help to support affordability coming by the end of the year. What concerns me the most is what happens between now and then with the overall economy. But definitely go check out yesterday's hot sheet if you want more information on what uh, Barry Sternlight had to say about inflation, just to prepare for tomorrow's hot sheet on uh, the big inflation report that is coming out. If you want a big lift on your social media game and you want a personalized plan to attack Instagram in a way that the brightest mind in Instagram and real estate has done to build his account, the broke agent, then you need to attend this mastermind. Not only are we going to be going over personalized Instagram audits, but we're also going to be going deep on building a YouTube plan specifically for you. Ken Pozak, who has the best local YouTube channel in real estate uh, with 36,000 YouTube subscribers for the Orlando market, is going to be building a plan designed specifically for you. Ken's also sold $200 million in 2022. Dan O'Neill, over 100 million, number one team in Long Island. Myself will be there with 260 million sold in 200 uh, in 2022 with 700 homes. We also have Bobby, our lead producer, going over hooks and video editing, uh, as well as the broke agent. Do not miss the BAM Mastermind. Your The link is down below. We have a few spots left. There's only 12 total individuals that will spend the day with us, as well as golfing and drinks after that's on may 5th cinco de mayo this is going to be the biggest value package bam has ever put together we will over deliver you have my personal guarantee on that i will not personally guarantee what the 10 year is going to do today but let's take a look at what it is at right now we are at 3.426 so we are up a tick as we await this cpi data from for tomorrow the 30-year fix did jump up yesterday 
to 6.5. So uh, kind of losing all of that gain we had last week, which is why it's important if you're working or advising buyers right now that when you see those low six numbers, just go ahead and lock in if you can, right? If, if your lender's going to allow a lock, go do it because the, the, the uppy downy seesaw seesawing of the 30-year fixed has been just pretty extreme. And uh, we're back up to six and a half and we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, prior, a year ago, we were at 5%. So a full uh, point and a half up from last year. And that's hundreds and hundreds of dollars on monthly payments. Speaking of monthly payments on today's real word, premiering at two o'clock here on this channel. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the channel. We would really appreciate it. But today at two o'clock, uh, we're going to cover the story. Zillow is allowing buyers to search for monthly payments and how that's going to change the game for you, especially if you're a real estate agent. We're also going to go a little bit deeper on the property tax thing and a reaction to a phone call I had with Inman. You don't want to miss this real word. I am exposing that phone call. I will I will be there today at 2 o'clock, and I'll be here tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific time. Until then, toodaloo.